millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those 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 boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. We've got a nice variety of clips to share with you non-members this week from the end of an era for Klopp's Liverpool to Shane Horgan's love of Finn Russell to the remarkable rebirth of one of the most rubbish slots we've ever scraped off the bottom of the World <laughs> Service barrel. Hey, Murph. Hey, old. How's it going? I'm not even talking about Murph's Country Pages this week. No. It's another one. But before even worse. all that, <laughs> some good news. We have had a broadly positive medical bulletin from our stricken colleague, Ken Early. Remember yes. the foot he broke last week? Turns out he actually broke it a long, long time ago. <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, I guess people age at different rates. You know, it's a biological fact. Like, you mm. know, some of us are getting older faster than others. And we're all... We're all we all have the same chronological, we all age the same. Like you and then look at me, your, you know, Look at your white beard, your white hair, Gandalf, the Kieran the White. Look at your bones crumbling at the... Well, by the way, I should have said it, Ken's back in studio today. This is the first time we've been in studio since the, the moon boot. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're recovering well? Yeah, well... You're, you're recovering. His bones are crumbling inside his body, but that's know, fine. Actually, no. Go on. What's, no. That, what's the prognosis? Well, I, I'm, I, I hate to be sidetracked from the discussion of this historic ma- football match. <laughs> but no, I should have said this at the start, and I should have welcomed you back. It only just occurred to me. Well, I, did, I, I received news on the MRI scan. Go on. And they said, well, we can't find a new break. So it wasn't broken? Well, I immediately felt uh, rage welling up. Mm. I, you know, I speak to doctors and they say, you know, it's a funny thing. The angriest and most abusive patients are the ones that we've just told, actually, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you're fine. The good news is your scan is clear. You're I, fine. I literally was one of those. I told you yeah. a couple of months ago and I, but, I, I was convinced, my, convinced, the, the, the my toe was, convinced my toe was broken yeah, and yeah. Not, not a hint of a fracture. There is something wrong and you're trying to, the medical establishment is covering it up. You know, yeah, you're all, it's a load it's of lies. And, uh, and they're, the, they're the patients that get really angry, even though it's ostensibly good news mm. and so I, I immediately felt that I felt well, what do you mean you call me a bullshitter you're saying there's, <laughs> you nothing wrong. Me a liar? there's something wrong with my foot although it is a lot better than it was it does feel better um, which would be quick but I said no look you, you've got an old fracture there um, which is kind of it's a bit of a mess um, you know you've got some tendon damage you've got some bones information you know yeah. no it's not bones are crumbling it's not. They, they actually said your bones are great. <laughs> said, are you a professional bone model? Get out of here with those amazing bones. Well, you bloody well should be. Now get out.
it was good to have him back, Murph. Good to have him back on his feet. It was. It back was. You know, and he was moving. He was moving just fine. You know, uh, I think if uh, even if he hadn't gone to the doctor, the fact that he was walking. Uh, with absolutely no limp whatsoever one week after this incident would have suggested to even us non-doctors that perhaps this was not the break that we had been told. Uh, <laughs> he was, was back in studio just in time to talk about the demise of Liverpool after that Champions League thrashing by Real Madrid. We had a great chat with Sid Lowe and Rory Smith. So here is a segment of Ken with Rory. Klopp is obviously one of those guys who's got a really clear idea. It's the same uh, formation in every game. It's the same basic thing that they're trying to do. And it stopped working. And the question is whether he now needs to adapt. I mean, this is, I've seen examples of this before. You know, that Real Madrid, another Real Madrid route in England when they beat Manchester United 3-2 um, in 2000 was the game that Alex Ferguson said, okay, well, I realised then, even though they'd won the Champions League the previous season, uh, that the way that we played in Europe was leaving us too open against a team like that. That we can't we can't succeed if we keep doing what we're doing. We have to change, and they did. They kind of evolved and became a bit more patient and defensive. You know, all, the, all of these types of things. This is part of the reason why Alex Ferguson was able to be so successful for, you know, 26 years of Manchester United. He was prepared to change. Jurgen Klopp... Is looking a bit more like Arsene Wenger now. You know, it's yeah, kind of like the same thing over and over. And, you know, now he's in five at home in a European game. Oh, the parallels are becoming uncomfortable. So does he now need to look at this and go, I need to be more like Ancelotti? You know, Ancelotti said, he said, he said last, last month, uh, we don't have a clear identity because I don't want one. We're a team that knows mm-hmm. how to do many things. And I like that. Uh, you know, it's not just one thing, it's many things. And, well, I mean... Carlo Ancelotti is the most successful coach in Champions League history. Does Jurgen Klopp need to learn from the man? I think everyone could learn something from Carlo Ancelotti, particularly about how much ham it is safe to consume. Um, the Yeah, I think I've always had a theory that, that managers reach, a, and there's obviously exceptions, but not many of them, that managers reach a point in their career where proving themselves right becomes the the most important thing for them. And if you look at Mourinho... Wenger is one that was in my head when you said that v- as well. Right? Wenger, Benitez, it happened to... All these elite managers, they become... I think they, they they have to defend their idea of football so frequently. And that is how they see it. Like Ruben Sellers, the Southampton manager, who's obviously at the other end of his career, said the other day that you know he's he's been an assistant playing other people's ideas for a long time and now this is his chance to play his idea of football. The way they see it is this is my idea of football and they kind of defend it to the death like in the same way as if you tweet something suddenly you are you, you just assume that that is your default setting and you have to pretend that you believe it's right even in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary but the um they become so kind of obsessed with prove with being proved right that i think it can blind them to the need to change i i th- think this is this is like a, a theory that's being workshopped in my head which is not a great workshop for theories but i, I wonder if we have reached the point where the like the heavily system systematized teams are now being worked out and it, liverpool are, are the best example of it but i think if you look at leeds under jesse marsh uh, obviously at a lower level they were the same they that was high press narrow red bull football yeah but then you look at brentford for example you know brentford uh, are a heavily uh, systemized team who are killing much bigger teams all around them i would say brentford and brighton are the best proof of the argument well this 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 goes back to brentford are incredibly brentford change what they do as do brighton this goes back to your book rory i should say your your william hill shortlisted book expect which focused on on brighton and And also liverpool and and the the kind of behind the scenes uh you know operation which 
by the way, he seems to have completely fallen apart. <laughs> like, what, what do you yeah, make? I, of, I, what do you make I, of I, all I, that? You know, I wanted to. What you're saying, Ken, is this is Rory's fault. Yeah, I think. No, no, no. It's, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying Rory has. Are you saying int- Rory's wrong? Rory has. Rory has. Rory has intimate knowledge. He's intimate knowledge of what went on here. Well, maybe not of what went on, but of what was going on. And this this whole thing does seem to have fallen apart, which is a which is a worrying sign. I mean, everyone everyone in football respected this uh, operation. It's it, it doesn't exist anymore. It's just Jurgen Klopp saying, "I hope Darwin scores today." The, well, so just on Brentford and Brighton, I think, and without wanting to, to kind of undermine Owen, they, I think Brentford and Brighton are are much more versatile in what they do on the pitch than than teams like Leeds and Liverpool. I think if you look at Brentford particularly, there is a broad framework to what they do. There's probably certain principles that they don't deviate from, but game to game. Lineups are different, formations are different, formations change within games. There is a, a versatility built into Brentford that makes them really hard to play. And I think that is something that that Klopp certainly hasn't kind of adopted. And the other thing that I think is, is key with Klopp is I'm not sure he's good at five substitutions, which is ironic because he lobbied for it so intensively. He doesn't seem to be able to make a difference with those substitutions particularly. Um, in terms of the data thing, I think it's been slightly overplayed. My, From what I know, um, Michael Edwards left. He was the first one to go. Basically, because he'd been at Liverpool for a long time, I think he was relatively tired of, I'll phrase this relatively carefully, he was tired of having the same challenge all the time. He didn't mind the challenge particularly, but I think the fact that it was constantly the same, that you were operating in a certain financial level, not that he wanted to go for go to work for PSG, but I think he it was just becoming very samey and he felt he needed a refresh. I think it's interesting that he's not taken another job Um and doesn't appear to be in a rush to get back in back into it. I'm sure he will at some point, but I think he just needed to reset his mind. Julian Ward, I think, is similar. The sporting director who who he inherited, who he who succeeded him, he'd also been at Liverpool for a long time. And I think people in behind the scenes roles get tired in a way that we maybe don't always appreciate. I suspect that among that group of people, there is a degree of. Um, Fatigued, I suppose, with having to work under FSG's strictures. I don't want to get into kind of Liverpool should spend more money. A, d- a degree of uh, rats leaving the sinking ship. I mean, I don't want to say rats. Rats is, is, is a pejorative type of word. But, I mean, this ship is going down. I'm getting in a lifeboat, right? Billy Zane, no, a bunch I, of Billy Zane's getting on lifeboats. I'm not sure it's quite that. I suspect it's just this is the way that it has been for a long time. We have achieved all we can. Why try and do it again? I think that, that I, I think there's a human... Impulse, that's totally understandable. Ian Graham, who I, I suspect is probably the, the biggest loss of all. Again, I think you've got to remember, Ian Graham is a theoretical physicist who has been working on football for 15, 16 years. I haven't spoken to Ian specifically about why he wanted to leave, but my my knowing him a little bit, I would suggest that the the intellectual stimulation of what he was doing maybe has diminished a bit. You see the people that you work closely with leave. I think there is, without question, it becomes this thing where you sort of think, well, my mates have gone, so maybe, yeah, maybe I'm not enjoying this as much as I used to. Ian Graham's a Liverpool fan. It was the only, He always said it was kind of the only job that would take him into football, into a club specifically. I suspect it's it's partly that he's seen Edwards go. Um, Mike Gordon, the, the FSG president, is now being kind of seconded to, away to the investment. It, is, it is a fair old brain drain, though, isn't it? That's got to affect what's going on on it, the pitch. It is, well, it doesn't, it doesn't. It, I think it'd be impossible for it not to affect what's going on. It's not. I'm not pre- pretending it's good news for Liverpool that all these important people have left. It clearly isn't. It's not ideal. 
the, the it's a test of the structure. The structure that Liverpool built was the the thing that made them so successful was not dependent on individuals. That's the whole thing with Liverpool. The idea is that Ian Graham goes, Michael Edwards goes, Julian Ward goes, whoever goes, Jurgen Klopp goes at some point. They, the structure is in place that will enable the club to continue to thrive. This is the test, ultimately. I, I, I don't know whether that will be the case. They, they've appointed Will Spearman as the head of research. That's internal. He is the obvious candidate. He is He knows what they're doing. He might take them in a different direction. He might focus more on kind of how you can use data to um, to improve stuff on the pitch. A lot of what Liverpool use data for even now is recruitment. That's the main, that's where you spend your money in football. So that's where you, you, you put your focus. Will might take it somewhere else. I don't know. You, it's impossible to say exactly how it will impact them. It's clearly a massive risk. It's a dangerous moment. But I think that the idea is that the structure can, can survive the individuals leaving. Whether it does or not is a different matter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, Owen, I like you and I like your style. The second captain. We've got that bit better quality. It's compliments any place, anywhere, all over the world. Full of protein. It's information, fluid information. I don't know what you're talking about. You can do it while you're cleaning the house, brushing your teeth, taking a bath. Trying to be critical is going to be impossible. In advance of the resumption of the Six Nations this week, Shane Horgan was prepared to wrestle with some hard-boiled preconceptions Mm. that he has built up over a lifetime and finally admit that he just bloody loves Scotland's mercurial fly-half. I've um, sort of given in to um, Finn Russell over the last, you know, the Six Nations, really. And and I've been fighting the fact that I really like him. And I really like the way he plays. And I find him, you know, again, and we, we spoke about Caputo and, and him being joyous. And, and that's the... the the description I'd, I'd say to Finn why, why, why have you had to been, why has he had to browbeat you into this position? I'll, I'll tell you why, because, and I think this is, this maybe goes for, you know, a, like a cohort of, of the sort of rugby commentary that came from the sort of development of professional rugby as well. So I, I thought back to who, what players I really liked in all sports when I was a kid. Right. And so, you admired, you know, generations before me, like it was the George Best type character, Maradona, Gaza from my era, um, the, um, you know, Serge Blanco, um, the, the, there's kind of players that in, across sports that it all seemed to come easy to. And there was a bit of wildness or a bit of recklessness about them, a relatability that they were flawed individuals, but they could turn on this magic. They were the types of, of players mm-hmm. that, 
you were pretending to be in the backyard. Now, with the advent of of professionalism, that you know that changed quite significantly. Um, but more than that, it was I think there's a jumping off period that um, Roy Keane had a major influence on Irish sporting society and and culture more than anybody else. So all of a sudden, it wasn't that type of individual that I'd, I'd referred to. It was the type of individual that was Roy Keane. So the mould was a professional, hardworking, a little bit dour, hard on everyone and making, maximising your talent uh, and, and complete consistency. And by the way, they were all totally admirable qualities and actually what you want um, in teammates and what you want um, in professionals and, and what you want, like I suppose, in, in, in role models. So um, there's a worm turn there as we sort of figured out that actually let's be more professional, be more like Roy Keane. They're the traits that we should admire. And because of that, you sort of disregarded these other individuals that were um, maybe less professional. And I'm, I'm saying that's you know, slightly um, tongue-in-cheek when it comes to, to Finn Russell. He's not in brilliant shape. He could be in better. You know, he, he could actually probably work harder in games as well. And, and he's, he's dropped the pints of Coke at least. You know, he dropped the pints. He's down the half pints of Coke now, only in half <laughs> battered sausage, no chips. Um, so, so there, there, so, but, but there is definitely sort of a place in that. Not everyone has to be the same. Not everyone has to march in a line. And, you know, Cheka was very big on that in um, in Leinster, that although there was a sort of base level that everyone had to be at, there was, you know, you couldn't let your teammates down. You could not be hardworking. But he didn't want all the same cookie-cutter type of individual. And I think that's really important. And I think it makes teams like, you know, the Irish team, you know, Leinster, Munster, all, all provinces are better when we have, more diversity in them and diversity of background, diversity of outlook, um, maybe slightly less conservatism. And so like I've been sort of wrestling with those two things in my yeah, mind yeah, yeah. over the, you know, mm. from the sort of through my career into, into becoming a, a sort of commentator. Um, and it sort of dawned on me just because of how good Finn Russell has been in the last couple of games. Like I actually don't care about the other stuff. I'm <laughs> maybe I would, if he was Irish, I just enjoying what he's doing. I really, really love his play. It's exciting. It's kind of sort of beautiful. It's a high risk, high reward. Um, I've really enjoyed him the last couple of weeks, and I just hope his he continues to play at that level. Yeah, and he he addressed the fact, you know, that he smiles after making a mistake, whether it's like missing a kick to touch or a penalty or just trying something that doesn't come off. And he said it's his way, when he's frustrated or annoyed with himself, he smiles as a way to kind of brush it off and move on. So sort of compartmentalize that error. Whereas it comes across, or certainly early in his career, came across as a guy almost taking the mickey or something that would certainly frustrate certain types of teammates. But it made a lot more sense when he explained it himself. And it made me think that's actually quite a good strategy. And Scotland, I always felt when they made mistakes previous to this season, Shane, it felt like, there was a fatalism to it. And I was like, all right, this is happening us again. We're making those mistakes. Not necessarily Finn Russell, but the rest of the team and certainly the fans. Whereas the, the first two games of this Six Nations, I feel like Scotland are going, yeah, we're making kind of the usual mistakes we make, but let's keep trying the other stuff and we'll still score tries and we've Vandermeer and all the rest out wide. And that actually, that served them quite well because it was close at halftime against Wales and they came through. And I sort of feel if the team buy into Finn Russell making mistakes and themselves making mistakes and coming through okay still, they could be a lot better a team. Uh, and there's a 
there is a portentousness as well sometimes about the way uh, players, modern players, react to a, a mistake where it's it's you know they're really sort of oh my god this is terrible I'm really hard on myself and they're you know, spitting mm. you know cussing and it's it's performative you know sometimes and, and you sometimes I sometimes feel that in in interviews as well there's a lot of positioning going on you're like oh, yeah. you know I, oh, we can see what's yeah. going on here lads you know as well it's, it's it, you don't have to you know gild the lily here we know you're hard working and we know that you know, sort of you know you don't want to mis- make mistakes so you know it, maybe it's you know some of this is a reaction to that type of um, sort of behavior and and um, and uh, engagement with 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 media as well so um and i like the idea of smiling as we say because it's you know i think from a sort of body language position you know and the you know psychologist that we dealt with um in, in my career was you know there is actually no benefit and it's actually it, it, there's a detraction in you know um getting into yourself because of that mistake and mm. you know leinster had this thing with ireland had which was okay next ball what do we do in the next thing and you know that's where the focus is, not on the mistake that's been made. So you know, for uh, Finn Russell to do that, and and it for it to be a, a smile, and whether even it's a nervous smile or not, I think we all know that we've been in. You know, I don't know about you, but like you know, you've been in sort of grave situations, like a you know even a funeral, and you sort of you, you smile because you know you, you, there's that nervousness there, there's that um, anxiety, mm-hmm. and it's actually a way of breaking through it. So. Mm. Um, um, you know, if he's doing that, it's kind of a really nice way to sort of get over a mistake. And if it's recognised with his by his his fellow teammates that it's a way of focusing on the next phase and the next opportunity, then it's probably as positive a way of getting over a mistake as there is. Murph, I'm sure you agree with Shane on Finn Russell. Uh, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment until this weekend. On, <laughs> uh, I feel like the the air might just might just go out of the balloon. Uh, for Scotland this weekend, but of course, um, I'll be, re- well, I to be proven really, wrong. Yeah, and I also won't be rooting for them. Why would I be doing that? I, mean, I would France absolutely be rooting one. for them. Scotland to beat France, and then Scotland us are and Scots in a Grand Slam decider, uh, effectively until well, mm. obviously we have to beat England. But you know, uh, Scotland yeah. remained the, the only other team with a chance of a Grand Slam. What a yeah. what a day out that'll be at Murrayfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose if they, if they beat France, they definitely won't beat us. Whereas if they lost to France. They might, they might there might be back. A, there one, might be yeah, a kick yeah, yeah, coming yeah. our way. Yeah, I don't the, know. I don't, I'll, 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 have, I'll have to think on this all weekend. Scottish rugby kick. The rubbish World Service slot that's been surprisingly revived recently is Pedden's Corner, in which our members email in to pick grammatical holes in something we've said on the show, only to invariably make some sort of error themselves. Have I just used the word invariably incorrectly? Email in and let me know. <laughs> I thought it stinked. Stunk or stank. I wouldn't be holding it against it. Stinked. I thought it stunk. I'll never forgive and I'll never forget. Matt Rafter emails to editor at a brief pedantic point on reactionary. I'm in complete agreement with Ken on this and would like to briefly back his point up with something even more persuasive. The word reactionary, the word reactionary, does not even stem from English and really has nothing at all to do with the English verb to react. The word is in relatively recent use in English and was loaned to us by the French Revolution, much in the same way the word bourgeoise was. It comes from the French term réaction, which specifically don't... It says specifically donates here. Denotes. Oh, it says specifically denotes. Denotes. Well, yeah. you're, right. Said denotes. you're right. I said denotes. It's happened again. The pedants yeah. get pedanted. <laughs> you were correct. Oh, <laughs> You've just it's been pedant, mate. Yeah. So it specifically denotes a movement towards the reversal of an existing tendency or state and a return to a previous condition of affairs. With that in mind, it is only ever correct to use the term reactionary to describe 
revanchist right-wing politics, says Matt Rafter. Looking forward to your reaction to this email. Well, you got the reaction, Matt. You got put back in your pedant's corner there. Owen Murphy emails, hi lads, in keeping with the pedantic nature of the pod, uh, reactive versus reactionary, I feel it apt to point out to Owen that the correct term is asses roar rather than arses roar. <laughs> this is in reference to no one being in the box <laughs> for Shaby Coleman to pass to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I didn't hear you say that, Owen, but uh, that is that is important because oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the loud brain noise made by a donkey, right, rather than whatever it was As you opposed meant. to, yeah, yeah. The loud brain noise that comes out of your arse from that. Well, yeah, Owen continues to that. And like us all, my arse has produced many aural assaults over the years. However, they've rarely reached the sonic intensity of a praying donkey. <laughs> Certainly, I would not be relying on a well-timed fart to alert Seamus Coleman to my presence at the far post. <laughs> and Owen frantically searches for the karma grammar error that is customary in Pedden's Corner emails. Can't find any, Owen. You're, you're clean there. Um, well done. You've, you've put me bang to rights. And well, it took us 10 years, but years. finally we have fart gags on the podcast. I thought it stinked. It stunk or stank. I wouldn't be holding it against it. Stinked. I thought it stunk. I'll never <laughs> forgive it. I'll never forget. Asses roar, Murph. Uh, yeah, now that's I was yeah. I was banged to rights there. I mean, arse, <laughs> <Yeah>. arse, <laughs> the roar of an arse. Listen, sometimes the within the roar right, of an you know? arse of that. Yeah. yeah, sometimes the pedants are right, and we should we should listen to the pedants sometimes. No, I mean that's what it's there for. That's what it was originally, just us being put right, and then it turned out that the pedants usually got something wrong. But in the case of Owen, there he seemed to be seemed to send in an impeccable email. So you know that's not exclusive. That non-members can get involved in this slot. That. Will mm. hopefully be killed again pretty soon. Editor at secondcaptains.com. There's a yeah, new eight-part Netflix. We, Go on. We make we make plenty of mistakes on Mondays too. It's not, it's not we take the day off on Monday either. You know, it is true. There is a new eight-part Netflix golf documentary out called Full Swing. As you may well know, it follows a PGA Tour in the year that Live Golf comes to town. There are a lot of interviews with the Live defectors, the likes of Ian Poulter, explaining this is a platform to continue being the personality I've been for the last fifteen years on tour. <laughs> <sighs> It was left to Dustin Johnson to spell out the real reasons that everybody joined Live. For me, it was playing less, making more money. Pretty simple. Someone offered anyone a job, doing the same thing they're already doing, but less time at the office and they're going to pay them more. Pretty sure you're going to take it. And something's wrong with you if you didn't. Say what you like about the man Murphy. Gave it to us straight. <laughs> <laughs> More money, less work. Don't, give a, don't care where it comes from. That's basically the tip of the cap to you. Tip of the cap to you, yeah. DJ. I, I, you don't I, have to I agree with no your rationale, Dustin, but yeah. you know, you've, you've made yourself perfectly understood there. We have a great chat on Friday's podcast with Lawrence Donegan and Maliki Clerk. A really enjoyable review of Full Swing. Kind of like a Murphy and Mal movie club, just with added Donegan and McDee. In there, hope yeah. we can cramp your style too much, Murph. Well, a little, but you know what? Yeah, yeah. You know what? What can you do? It's done now. It was a crowded room. You, you put your foot down. You insisted, so you know. Where? Who am I to to stop you? You know. Secondcaptains.com. five euro a month plus fat, ad free podcasts, all available. The Second Captains podcast is part of the Acast Creator yes, Network. Acast Creator, Acast Creator, Acast Creator Network. Network, and that is us out. You've just been petted, mate. Yeah. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captains. World service. 
It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.